Today on the show, we're talking about you can have anything you want. You can't just have everything you want. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm your host. And today, as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Trevor. And today on the show, we're talking about a phenomenon we talk about all the time. You can have anything you want, just not everything you want. And this is something a lot of people struggle with. This is something that we are, as a society, programmed to believe we can have it all. We can have everything. And marketing and our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends, our family, they're leading us all to believe this this can be done. But quite often, a lot of people are doing this on credit. So this isn't even something that's realistic or attainable, even at, this, at a societal level. What do you think is the reason or rationale behind us living this way? Well, we live in a, uh, a society that is okay with consumer debt. We believe consumer debt is, is part of, of our fabric in society. We, we are okay with consumer debt as, as a whole. And this, this bridges the gap between uh, the money we have to spend and the things we want. So we we talk about this concept all the time here on the show. Actually, last episode we talked about it quite a bit. When I mean, is this something that you've kind of really incorporated into your life and and how you truly live, or is this something you kind of picked up along the way along your financial uh, journey? Well, for me, this thing, I, I used to be a, I'll call it a, a scatterbrain. I used to want a little bit of everything. I, I, had, a, I, I had a million hobbies. I was interested in, uh, in the flavor of the day. And I, I didn't get too deep into these things because I realized it was costing me money. And my, luckily, my wife brought it to my attention that this thing's getting out of hand. But I, I found, for me, focus was the, the main ingredient. This is what kept me... Uh, out of that sort of that that treadmill of of hobbies and interests, and I I just got very focused. So, and I think a lot of times that's a personality trait. This focus, so you you see a lot of people who are uh, a very analytical personality, maybe, and they they're very focused on a hobby. And they, they it, on the surface it looks like they don't they don't have a lot of interest, but they're they're actually very deeply interested in just a few things. And then you've got sort of more social personalities, and I hate to stereotype people, but it's just my observations. And they tend to be, they dabble in a whole bunch of little things. So a lot of this is personality trait, but your personality does not sort of imprison you to not being able to focus. I think you just have a, you're, you're naturally inclined to either be focused on very few hobbies or you're naturally inclined to want to dabble in a whole bunch of things. But from a financial standpoint, that's what this podcast is about. I really believe focus and 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 becoming focused on a, a few interests is going to financially mean the, a, a huge difference to you. It's funny that you mention the the kind of the person who has tons of interests, tons of hobbies, and those are the people that, at a societal level, we think are the most interesting sometimes because they they do they. They can do a little bit of everything, and 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 that is something I think we as society admire. And when you just for you, Trevor, I know woodworking is a huge passion. So if woodworking and podcasting are your two things, like I mean, you're obviously would go really deep in those two avenues. But I mean, I think to your point, I think we are programmed to really uh, admire those who do a lot more. Well, you know, you bring up a good example. So I'm actually not good at this, just in the example you gave. So if I was practicing what I'm preaching today, my podcast would be about woodworking. You see the, you see the, the pattern there? Yeah. Yeah. Now I am practicing what I'm preaching. I kind of work in, in the financial industry and I do a podcast on finance. So those two are kind of connected, but you know, in a perfect world, if my hobby is, is furniture making, I would have a podcast about furniture making going deeper and deeper on the topic. So I, I, I struggle to, to pull in the reins on my interests. But, you know, we all know the person who appears to dabble in everything. I mean, every time you 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 read something in the news, and the person says, oh, I do that every Thursday. Yes, you know? yes. Or, hey, I, I do that on the weekends all the time. And this person, but I think if you really 
okay, there's these people that are good at everything and, and they're, they're the, the best person at everything, but just for the average person, we all know somebody who, who appears to dabble in everything, but if you really dig deep and you peel back the layers, you'll find out that they're just a fringe. They're, they're interested just on the fringes of all these things. They're not fully immersed. And, and we're mentioning this in that you can have anything you want, but you can't have everything you want. The problem is, is that wanting everything, and I'm using hobbies as, as an example to, to explain this, is you end up wanting things and you want a little bit of everything. And financially, it's you can't do a good job of everything. So we will get on to eventually talking about the problem with having everything you want, along with the benefits of having anything you want. And before we get onto that, I mean, Trevor, you've been talking, we've been talking solely about hobbies and interests so far, but I mean, let's not forget about like just just life in general. I mean, we've got the big, the big things, we've got the the house, we've got the car, we've got those types of things as well. And I mean, I think that those huge purchases really exemplify. Well, you can want, okay, I would say, uh, you know how I feel about cars. I'm against new cars and I'm against fancy cars and trucks and all that stuff. But if you're a car guy, and that, that if that's your thing, if, you, if you're a car person and you, a car is super important to you, I have a friend who cars are very important to, and that's okay. You, you, can, you can be a car person and just say you happen to be a fancy house person too. You love doing home improvements. You know, your, your kitchen and your, you're renovating your place constantly. It's, it's always under renovations. There's a cost to that too. So you're, you're now you're a, a car guy, you're a home improvement guy, and let's just say you're also a boat guy. <laughs> you can see where this is going, right? It's starting to get out of hand. You can't be, at some point, you have to, you have to pick your thing. You, you have to, you can't have it all. If you have it all, you you can you can appear to have it all in the short term, but you cannot have it all in the long term. And again, I, I want to emphasize. And and I do, okay. Let me just one more thing. If you do have all the toys and all the the luxuries of life, you've probably got a very high pressure, uh, long hour type of job that goes with that. Because something, it all has to mesh together and match. So when I do see a very large highly renovated home. I see extremely expensive cars in the driveway. I see a boat in the backyard or in the marina or wherever you keep your boat and maybe a motorcycle in the garage. And when I see all that, I, I, I expect to see a high pressure type of like a doctor, a lawyer, so, something that, you know, it's going to require a lot of stress or a lot of long hours. Somewhere along the line, you're going to have there's a sacrifice of some kind that has to be made. Or if financial independence is not a priority for that individual as well. Well, that's the other one. So if you're not interested in early financial independence, if that's not something you're interested in, you're, you're probably not listening <laughs> to this podcast, just saying. Uh, if that's something you're not interested in, then obviously you can dabble in, you can get, a, you still can't have everything, but you can get closer to everything if you don't want that. And And we said this at the beginning of the show, but... We don't see the, the the credit cards. We don't see the the borrowing of money to afford these lifestyles as well. And I think that's a huge thing. And like you're saying, we don't see, we, we sometimes don't tend to look at the, the other side of the equation about what the hours and the jobs work to look like. A lot of people are financing the luxuries of life through home equity lines of credit. And this is the where you borrow money against your home to finance things in your life. You, you end up paying for it over the, term of your mortgage, which could be 25 years, but to think you bought a 75-inch a TV and financed over 25 years would be very tragic, but that happens. Uh, those, quite often, I'll, I'll, I'll say, somebody will tell me they're mortgage-free, and I'll say, that's, that's great, you know, congratulations, you know, it's a huge milestone. And a week later, they'll be talking about uh, they got a better mortgage rate. And I go, Whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just said you're, you know, I, I don't call them out on it, but I said, oh, you're back into the mortgage business. He goes, oh no, it's my home, home equity line of credit. I don't have a mortgage. I've just bored against my home. Well, this is society selling you uh, financial products and dressing them up in different things, right? 
you've paid off your mortgage. Why don't you take another crack at it <laughs> through a home equity line of credit? No, and it's it's very true. There's it's 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 definitely a convoluted way to use to, to really just finance a lifestyle you can't afford. I want to. We are like I mentioned, going to get on to talking about the problems with with having everything. But I I, I just for anyone who's listening who's maybe not totally convinced about this, where does the idea or how do you escape the idea personally, Trevor? The idea of feeling deprived. Um, by really kind of not having everything and, and just uh, just knowing that you can have anything. So if you, you, I think the word sacrifice is what, it, what, what I think of when you say that. So think of sacrifice. Uh, it, it can be what you're, you're not choosing, right? What you don't want. And think of an artist. An artist, someone who's, who's maybe a writer, a painter, a, a theater, theatrical performer. They, they, they choose their art over security, comfort, and leisure. So they're, they're choosing, so on the surface, you know, you might see somebody who is employed in an artistic endeavor, like a theater group, and that's their living. They make a living doing that. Now, they probably don't make a great, you know, like I'm guess, I'm because some, some of them do, but I mean, the average person working in a local theater, probably not making a, a huge income or a painter who's just, you know, selling their paintings, they've chosen art over all the comforts of life. So the, on the surface, you'd say, oh, I wish I had a job like that. Actually, I was at a, a farmer's market and there was a, a lady who had a booth at the farmer's market and her, her booth was called Cardboard Reality. And she seemed like a very whimsical person, just very relaxed. And so I said, you know what? I give, tell me about cardboard reality. Tell me what it's about. And it's a, it, it turns out that the core of her business is, is stop motion animation with cardboard. Now, uh, she, she works producing some commercials and things like that, but very artistic thing. And I haven't dug into her personal finances, but I'm guessing she, she is so immersed in that, that passion of employment that, that she, maybe she doesn't even own a car for all I know. Like she just, it's like she, in talking to her, she really didn't care about, you could tell her art was so important. Nothing else mattered. And, and for, for, and like you're saying for individuals uh, like that one individual, that, that may be the priority. And I think that is okay. But just to your point, identifying what type of person you are and if, if, Either you you prefer that, or you prefer maybe more long term security and comfort. Um, it's just important to recognize, I guess, what side of the equation you fall on. Well, this is this you can have anything you want. So if you want safety and security or comfort, you you can have that. But you also can't have a whimsical type of profession that doesn't earn a lot of money. That, that that's that would be having everything you want. And you might be able to do that in the short term using things like credit to to bridge the gap. But long term, it it doesn't work. No, yeah. I think, yeah. I think understanding. Okay, if you're, you might be wondering. Okay, how do I know if I'm chasing everything I want, or if I'm just chasing anything I want? How how do I know? And I, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. Look for the sacrifice you're making. There has to be an obvious sacrifice that you're making, and life is full of sacrifices and choices. If you can't see it, then you probably are chasing everything you want and that might be working at the moment but it won't end well so in looking at that what would you say your sacrifice is or has been well over the years it's been different things so i i worked a a fairly stressful job for my i i, I my job's probably just as stressful as it was you know 20 years ago but i've just figured things out and grown, grown more comfortable with it but you know long hours at work um Maybe not the most luxurious vacations, uh, you know, making things last longer. I call them sacrifices. It wasn't misery for me. I, I've talked about how I, I love optimizing things in my life. So I, I grew to enjoy optimization. So it's not like I, I, I felt like I was going without. But there was obvious sacrifices I made along the way. Okay, someone, I le- I'm, I'm a huge proponent of used cars. Buying a new car is really easy. It is super, super easy to buy a new car. Buying a used car is a lot of effort. 
it, the first few times I did it, it was a minefield. I didn't know what I was doing. It was very uncomfortable. I didn't know if I was getting a piece of junk or a good car. Over time, I got good at it, and, and now I actually enjoy it. But it, it was a sacrifice at the, when I started doing that. Buying a new car was super easy. So that, that was an obvious sacrifice I made that now it turned into something I really like doing. So for you, your, your, your desire to reach financial independence that made kind of choosing deviating deviating away from wanting everything that made it worth it for you but you know we talked on a podcast you have to like the process you know that that chasing financial independence that's a long-term goal and uh if you're going to be miserable chasing financial independence independence that's going to be a miserable existence for you don't do it it's not worth it. it it's too much of a long game and life has too many uncertainties along the way you don't know what you how your life's going to play out. So don't chase that unless you love some aspect of the process. I love optimization of aspect aspects of my life. Uh, I, I turned out, I learned to love buying used cars. I, I learned to love fixing things around my home. I learned to love ad, uh, outdoor adventure type of camping instead of uh, luxurious resorts. I, I, I became... I do those things now, even though I have the financial means to go on a a cruise. Of course, right now nobody's going on a cruise. But if if I if I if if it was available, I certainly have the the financial wherewithal to go on a cruise. But I actually enjoy canoeing and backcountry camping way more. I love the environment it takes me into. So that's obviously a lot less expensive than uh, a luxury cruise or some resort. I, I did that before because I had to, because I, I was chasing financial independence. I do it now because I want to. I, I really like that organic journey from from how the, the decisions that you made, the sacrifices that you made, whether intentional or intentional, just eventually became a part of your day-to-day routine, your day-to-day habits and things you love. So I, I really, I think that's something we can all relate to. So for anyone who's not quite convinced um, that there actually is a problem with having everything. I mean, having everything in it, just the word in itself. I mean, that and just thinking about it, that should be what we all aspire to have and aspire to want. So we have four problems with having everything you want. The first problem is there's a cost. Yeah, so we talked about this earlier. Uh, it's, it's generally chasing everything you want is unsustainable financially. That this this can't be sustained throughout your life. At some point, you need to make a sacrifice of some kind and forego something. It it, it just it's un. It, it just doesn't. I, I can tell you firsthand. I I started going down that road, and I seen the unsustainability of it. And was that a hard thing? I just want to zero in on that. I mean, if you've been living a life where you have been acquiring everything and doing everything that, that I, the longer you live that life I'm sure that's hard to flip the switch on if if you grew up in a family where this was kind of modeled for you it probably just came embedded into your and just how you habitually live life but for for anyone adopting this later maybe they're they they 40 50 or adopting this at a much later stage is this is this is that a hard do you think that's a hard corner to take well, I, you know, as you get older, you kind of run out of energy. And I, I don't know if you it, if you put the cost aside. Do you do you have the energy to pursue everything you want all the time? I, I know, so I do have a friend who, who tends to dabble in a lot of things. And whenever, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he's got a really fancy car, like a two-seater sports car. And I, I was asking him about it the other day, and he says he's getting rid of it. And I, I said, why are you getting rid of it? He says, I just never have time to drive it. And so there's an example of somebody who was kind of going after a whole bunch of interests. And he's, he's, he's a pretty focused guy for the most part. But he might have stepped outside and, and picked up this fancy car and turned out it, it didn't fit. So he, he doesn't have the time or the energy to keep, keep up with the, the maintenance and the, the you know, looking after this fancy car and insuring it and driving it. And he's moving on from that. And that example really illustrates maybe just how intuitive 
this process actually is because to 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 your to your your friend he's actually doing that without realizing that he is kind of deviating away from from wanting everything well and part of his thing is he's very uh he he, he does he's a frugal he's a very frugal guy but he does everything like he, he will not hire out anything anything that has to be repaired on his home his car anything he is a hands-on guy. He does it all. He also has a cottage, and he does all that there too. And this is where I think he gets spread a little thin. No, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So the second problem with having everything you want is, we've talked about it already, but sacrifice. And sacrifice, you, at some point in life, you have to. everyone has to make a choice, a sacrifice. They have to forego something, uh, a short-term pleasure for a long-term gain. And if you're not making sacrifices on, on some sort of regular basis, then chances are you're chasing everything you want. And the five whys are a good way to see if there's a sacrifice in your life somewhere, right? So if you, you should be confronted with financial decisions. I'm going to say, if not daily, weekly. You should have to be making, again, you assume you're chasing financial independence early in life. You should be faced with some sort of financial dilemma on a regular basis. And this, this is sacrifices you're going to make, right? It's, but if you're never choosing, if there's never choice in your life to, to be made, you're probably chasing everything you want. So two things from that. The first thing is I, I really love the normalization of sacrifice because that word in itself and the idea of making sacrifices is not something that is generally viewed as a positive thing. We, we generally try to avoid, um, cause sacrifice is just, it's just not, it doesn't sound like it's something that's good. So I, I like that this is something, a dilemma or, or a thing that we all should be experiencing, not, not look to experience, but should be experiencing. I, I really like that. And you mentioned the five whys. Do you think you could just apply that? What does that look like when you're looking at things that could be sacrifices? Well, I, I think you the the five whys could be. So so I recently had windows and doors put in my house. They were the original windows and doors, and I got all the life I could out of them. So I had new windows and a front door installed. And I... I decided to get a fancier front door and a little, you know, a little below the top of the line windows. So that's, that's an example of a sacrifice. And so, you know, I asked myself, so what, why am I getting the, the fancier front door and why am I not getting the best windows? And I just kept, you know, I, I want the front door. I think it's, it, it really dress the, dresses the house up. I'm thinking of selling it. I think a, a front door has a, a huge financial return. The windows, they they met uh, some sort of uh, waterproof and windproof resistance. They just didn't have any the fancy latches. And like it, I, I kind of just went through, you know, why am I doing this? And I, I quite often, I don't have to get to five whys, why I choose, what why I why I'm doing something, you don't always have to go five whys deep to get there. No, and that's a really good example. And even just kind of a, not obviously windows and doors are an expensive um, addition to your, or putting into your home, but it's a good example of even uh, at a item by item level and just analyzing the, the sacrifices that you're making, whether they're directly to you or to your property, like your example is. Um, before we do move on from sacrifice, my final question for you is, if an individual maybe listening to this is is kind of wondering or, or thinking that maybe they haven't made sacrifices, is that just because there maybe was no awareness that sacrifices had to be made? Is, is that where you find, or is it just, I mean, how much is society to blame for, for this piece that just not normalized? I think you, you walk into a Costco or a big box store and these stores sell everything. Like the, the specialty store is kind of like even if you go into Home Depot, they sell everything, right? The, the, everything for your home. The specialty store is kind of gone, and I think you're walking in there because it's it's I want an everything mentality. You you, uh, when I see people walking out of Costco, 
and I see, I don't, I, I've, okay, I don't have a Costco membership, but everyone knows I feel about Costco, but I have visited a Costco. I, pe- I keep going periodically to just to reacquaint myself with Costco. So I, I visited a Costco, I'm going to say it was just before the pandemic, it was probably in February. And uh, people I, I was working with said, you know, hey, you got to go to Costco. They're, they're, they're giving memberships away at half price, or I can't remember what the deal was. And we were going by a Costco. So we said, let's just stop in and see what, you know, just to reaffirm that we don't want this. And we went in and I remember seeing people coming out with their carts. And when I go to the store, I'm going for groceries or I'm going for a piece of wood at Home Depot or I'm going for some wood screws or some glue. I'm going to the store with purpose. And when I leave the store, you can tell what I went there for. I, I, I try to make as few trips as possible, but I go to a store not to browse. And when I see people leave Costco and I was looking in their carts and there was a bit of everything in those carts. There were the, those people were just putting in time. They were, they went shopping. And I, I think it's that societal mentality that, that, that you go to the store to see what they have. You're not going there for something specific. And I, I go there I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, no. I mean, I can't remember the last time I put a uh, flat screen TV on my grocery shopping list. But, or like, and no, to your to your point that when, like, I definitely you don't, I, I can't imagine going to Costco with, with those items on my list. And one thing that comes to mind with what you said, it was the possibilities. And I think that is uh, something that we like the feeling of, we like the idea of is, is as having possibilities. And I think that's what those big box stores represent to us, that the possibilities of, of, of things we could buy, things we could experience. And I think that might be a feeling that we uh, try to latch onto. You know, I talked to people that, okay, I'm going to rant on Costco a little bit more here. <laughs> we do have an that's episode. Easy. Go back in our back catalog. And we have a whole episode dedicated to Costco. When I when I see somebody who's got something new, say, say, say my parents or a coworker, I'll say, where'd you get that? Nine times out of 10, they got it at Costco. And it, it's, it's, it's different things all the time. It's jewelry, it's electronics, it's housewares, it's clothes, it's books, it's, it's big containers of food that you'll never eat all of it. And I, I, that store is about getting anything you want. No, that store is about getting everything you want. That's what that store represents. And I think that's why I'm, maybe that's why I'm so against Costco. That store represents a world where you can have anything you want or sorry i keep saying it wrong that's the store where you can have everything you want and if you want if if you're chasing anything you want instead of everything you want you're going to a specialty store you're going to a store that sells just these things there's a store in in uh, i think they're all across canada it's called mec mountain equipment co-op and if you're into uh, backpacking or canoeing or, or backcountry camping, this is a great place to get things, very specific things for that very specific endeavor. And you go to that store and you're, you're, it's very specific. It's, it's a specialty store. I love specialty stores. Okay, I, I'm into furniture making. Lee Valley tools is a specialty store. I don't shop there often, but when I need something, I love shopping there because they just deal in the things I need, the very specific inventory of, of, of the things they sell dealing with furniture making. So think specialty store if you're chasing anything you want. Think Costco if you're chasing everything you want. Rant's over. <laughs> and thank you for coming to Trevor's TED Talk. Um, number three, the third problem with having everything you want is contentment. And this is, you will never be content. You will be always chasing the next thing. I've been here. I've done this. My wife saved me from a a life of always chasing that next thing, that next hobby, that next interest, that next whatever. You know, I, I got rid of my cable TV years ago and commercials were a terrible thing. I mean, it would just tell you about all the things you don't have that you need. And now I, I watch, if I watch TV, it's very deliberate. It's, it's, it's Netflix, find a show there. I, there's no commercials. I, I have, and I listen, I used to listen to the radio a lot way back in the day. Now I listen to podcasts all the time. Uh, 
I I have very little advertising in my life, so I I I think it creates a very content environment for me. But yeah, it, chasing the problem with chasing everything you want is there's always that next thing. You'll never the, there is no finish line. You're always chasing that next thing. So I, I so I agree with you. No questions asked. But when it comes, I mean. We know that you definitely have a Bluetooth headphone addiction. There, there, that is real. But so you do have, you do want things in your life. So how does what's kind of the clear distinction in your mind between wanting a lot of things in that specific? It kind of just digging on every anything versus everything. So I am I'm an audio junkie. So that is my one of my main interests. One of my main hobbies. One of the main things I do, I create a podcast. I listen to podcasts all the time. I listen to a lot of music. I listen to audiobooks. I listen to sports on the radio. I love listening to stuff. I find it very relaxing. I, I, I seem to retain audio information. I'm an auditory learner. I, I, so if you think about it, I may have a fetish with earbuds, the Bluetooth of the nature, <laughs> <laughs> but that's very focused for me. I, I'm, it's enhancing an interest I have. And it, just for the record, I've not, I don't think I've ever spent more than $40 on a single pair. So it's not an outrageous <laughs> thing. I, I, I definitely have, I, um, I definitely have more than I need, but not, I'm not drowning in them. But again, that is so. That's a great example because that it is anything you're focusing. You're focusing on your anything is Bluetooth headphones. It's not all of the electronics across. Uh, I can find it Best Buy. Like it's no. It's just it's just headphones. Yeah, I clearly don't have an electronics fetish. I have a. Uh, I want to enhance my listening experience because I enjoy it so much. No, definitely. And actually, here's something. Me and my wife do. We'll go for a walk and I will, Bluetooth earbuds come in pairs. I will stick one in her ear, assuming that she wants that earbud. <laughs> she, she, she agrees to occasionally. And I'll stick one in my ear and we will listen to a podcast or an audiobook together while we walk. And I love this because then we stop and we talk about what we listen to and it's just super enjoyable. But that's an example of how it enhances that, it, that, that, that anything I want audio experience no i that's it's i i love that that's a great example and i I, one last thing before we move on from the third point here contentment is when so i have an example that would relate to that but i just want to hear your thoughts on this first but when you do when you kind of make make that commitment to just choosing anything not everything and and pretend i mean you i know you've mentioned golf before i know you have a set of golf clubs and you're not huge into golf so it's but that maybe at one point was something that you dabbled in. Do you, if when you kind of just, it was, I don't know if it was deliberate checking golf as a hobby aside or whether you're like, you know what, I'm just not going to pursue golf. The, the expenses around it are a little bit something I can't justify. Did you eventually just become content with that? Because I, I, I I'm going to throw, I, I want to hear your example, but I, I'm going to throw an example back at you after. But can you just become content, I guess, with your circumstances if you accept them enough? So it's a great example. So I had some, I used to golf a lot. This is before I had kids. I loved golfing. I golfed a ton. I had friends. We golfed in tournaments. We golfed all the time. Then I decided, well, me and my wife decided we were going to have a family. Well, golfing consumed about four hours on a Saturday, maybe another four hours on a Sunday if, if we golfed twice. Maybe through the week, we golfed nine holes a couple times a week. Well, having a, and so I had twins right out of the gate. So when I started a family, I, I, I went big time. <laughs> and I knew, so th- there's people that have young families and they golf all the time. I, I'm saying, I, when I decided I wanted a family, that was anything I wanted. So I, not, and so I gave up something. I made a sacrifice. I stopped golfing because I decided my family was more important than golfing at the time. So that is a hobby that I I let go. I, I kept the golf clubs. I don't know why. I, I haven't golfed since. I'm probably terrible <laughs> at it now. But I stopped golfing and all my golfing buddies got way better. I, I can't golf with them anymore because they're like 
they're golfing with low handicaps and I probably would be a hacker out there. So, but, but that was me staying focused. I knew I wanted, I knew what I wanted. I wanted to be a really good father to my children. So, so because, so that you kind of answered that question then. So because you knew exactly what you wanted, you, you know what your anything was, you just, you became content with the outcome. And your anything can change over time. That's okay. You, you don't you don't have to pick it in anything and stick to it your whole life. As you grow, your anything changes. But in my example with the golf, I, I let go of something when I brought something new in. Beth, I, I actually love that. I'm glad you made mention to that because it, it, it illustrates that our... Because I think one of the things, if anyone's kind of still in doubt right now, is that anything sounds very limiting. It sounds very concrete. It sounds very unchanging so I like that it really is kind of a trading process I mean I know people when they bring new articles of clothing into their closet they'll transition a piece out so it's just kind of that that same thing it's not that they're not allowed to shop it's just that they have that one in one out rule and just you know it's kind of a one-way street you can't uh you know trade the kids back (laughs) in and bring back the golf (laughs) it's a one-way it's a one-way ride once you give up the golf and bring the, the the young kids in you, you can't switch back to golf and, and give up the kids. It just doesn't work. doesn't work that way. Um, my one example about contentment, and this is, I guess, like, I, this is a bit, little kind of like a little off off base here, but I, I don't have a microwave. And the I I was like, I'm going to, this I'm definitely going to be unhappy without a microwave. But the contentment piece came in because I, I was kind of the counter space was the thing that was um, out of there. So instead of sacrificing, like, my uh, my blender, I sacrificed the microwave and i mean the 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 anything i want is kind of a healthy lifestyle that i'm pursuing because that means no microwavable meals and just kind of eating a more uh, whole foods diet so I, I that's why i kind of asked you the golf thing is just this is wondering if, if just you you were just if you were set on a, an outcome and then you were therefore happy with it so it sounds like you were and that's it's really really great to hear i don't know if the microwave thing really fits there i'm not sure if you uh, so the the sacrifice was you you lived in a place that did not have adequate counter space. So I think you you chose a place with a lower rent or a lower a lower cost living space, and you were willing to do whatever it took to make it work. And in this case, it meant your microwave would not work. But having everything you want, you would have had all the counter space you needed for your microwave and your blender and everything else. So I think it was a living, in choosing a place to live that you could afford is is, is what you chose. That, that was the anything you wanted. You wanted an affordable place to live, counter space aside. No, and you are right on that. And and so I guess that's a good way to kind of keep questioning, questioning what your anything is and keep questioning those sacrifices because you are right. It goes higher level than that. And I'm, I'm glad you, uh, yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. So to, we'll move on this list. So the fourth problem, fourth and final problem with having everything you want, this is before we get the benefits of having anything you want, but the fourth problem with having everything you want is the short-term benefit. Yeah, so having anything you want, I keep saying this wrong, having everything you want is is a short-term solution with a long-term cost. Chasing everything you want, it, it's it's expensive. It really is. I've I've gone down this road a little bit in my younger days, and I've seen where other people continue down the road. I've seen where it goes, and it's not pretty. So you 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 have to be willing to make sacrifices in life, and if you're not making any you're going to have a long-term cost problem in your life at some point. And I think, I, I mean, I, I, there's probably not a single person listening to this today who wasn't in the same shoes as you were, Trevor. I mean, like when you're even, I know, like I know I was even, um, you just kind of follow what everyone else is doing because it just is what everyone else is doing. We do have that saying that um, in order to live a life that no one else is living, you have to do things that no one else are doing. I butchered that, but that is that that is yeah, if if you want something nobody else has, you have to be willing to do something nobody else does. Yes, that is it. Yes. And I, and you know, you know to your your point, the part of the problem is 
is is the circle of people you run in. So I, I have a, a bunch of friends I mountain bike with and I, I, I love mountain biking. I also know some people that do a lot of road bike riding, long distance road bike riding. And I don't have a road bike, but I, I have a mountain bike, an okay mountain bike, not, not like a super high end one, but good enough. But I don't have a road bike, so I, I can't ride with those guys because on a mountain bike, you just couldn't keep up. I mean, you, I couldn't keep up. You'd have to be an insane Olympic, like Olympic, like athlete to pedal a mountain bike as fast as these carbon fiber road bikes. So I made my choice. I, I'm a mountain biker. I'm not a road biker. That's an example of, of me choosing uh, anything I want and not everything I want. So, but if you run in circles where you've got 10 friends and each of those friends is deeply immersed in a, a single hobby, but you spend equal time with those 10 friends, you're going to feel like you want to be immersed in all 10 of those hobbies. When those 10 friends, they're just immersed in their one hobby for the most part. And for you to spend time with them, you feel you need to be participating in that same interest. Do you have common interests? Why, if you're going to spend time with people, you probably share an interest. That's an example where it, 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 you, you can't be uh, mountain biking, road biking, scuba diving, windsurfing, sailboating, uh, sports carring, motorcycling. You get the picture, right? Like if, if you've got all those friends and they do all those things and you want to do all you want to hang around with all of them, that it becomes a problem. No, that's, I'm glad you made mention to the friends thing because that is, and even family too. I mean, if you have family who go on a cruise every year and, and, and you kind of, and, and, and cruise is not within your anything, then that's, that's, that's a problem too. So we're going to, the last section we're going to touch on today, and this is the big one, is the benefits of having anything you want. So there's four benefits. We'll start with number one is you. And I just want to say, you know, we don't, I don't want this podcast to be like all about deprivation and denying yourself things and making sacrifices all the time. You should want, you, you should have anything you want. That, that is, that's okay. You, you, you should have anything you want. So we talk about sacrifice and deprivation, but not at the expense of something you really, really want. So on that note, and that I want to, I want to hear more examples about that as we go through this. And the first, with the first point, we have a, you avoid regret. And so, if you really know what you want out of life, what what interest you want to pursue, if you really know what you want, then you you will, if you get it, you you won't have regret. You you, but you have to truly know what you want. You 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 could test drive a bunch of things in have a fringe interest but if you if you really know what you want you, you're gonna you're not gonna have regrets do you feel like that was at all something that was a factor for you um it, it may be before you adopted this mentality it was was you kind of pursuing golfing and pursuing um kind of a bunch of interests was that was that you or was that you just kind of following along with what your friends were doing what's that acronym out there for when you're you feel like you're missing out FOMO. What is, what FOMO. Fear of missing out. So if, if you can avoid FOMO, like if you suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out, then you're going to always wish you were doing whatever everybody else is doing. And you're never going to wish you were doing what you're currently doing. Definitely. And and I that, I think that really does go back to the friends thing as well, because um, even if you have a friend who works the same, lives beside you, drives the same car, works the same job, your, your goals and values are definitely still going to be different. And uh, we do have a back catalog show on FOMO as well. Uh, so you can go back and listen to that as well. We dive deep into uh, to that and how it affects our day-to-day lives. Um, so number two here, the second benefit of having anything you want is, is focus. And so this is my thing. Go 10 feet deep rather than 10 feet wide on anything you do. Just go deep on it. I mentioned my, my, my obsession with audio. I am going, I'm 10 feet deep on audio uh, all the time. Furniture making, I'm 10, like here's an example of furniture making. I've said this one before. Furniture making in general requires a ton of tools. But if you can be a specific furniture maker, like if you were a chair maker, the tools you would need 
are far less than, than the furniture maker who could make anything. So if you were a, a chair maker, you could, you know, research historic types of chairs in different eras and, and make custom chairs. You, you could go 10 feet deep on chairs and be a chair maker, not a furniture maker, a chair maker. Or you could be a, uh, a kitchen cabinet maker. You, you, could, like, you could specialize. And I think if you're pursuing anything you want, be very specific, very focused on what you want and go really deep on it. And it, two things are going to happen. One is you're going to spend less money. And two is you're going to enjoy that, that hobby, that interest at a whole other level than, than other people would. Just say golf's your thing. Go just become an expert golfer. Go deep on these things. And it, it, it you're, you're, the satisfaction you get out of that interest or that hobby will be tenfold. And is your the deliberate approach you take towards focus on these hobbies that is is that is that intentional? Is that very intentional? Um, when you say intentional, I, I I pursue things with a high level of intensity. So when I get onto something and I'm interested in it, I go deep. This is a podcast is a prime example. I started getting fascinated with podcasts. And I felt the need to create one. So this is me going 10 feet deep on audio. So this is something that kind of comes a little bit more naturally to you anyway. Just Oh, no, 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 no. I had to work okay. at it. I, I was, uh, remember in my younger years, I dabbled in a whole bunch of things, True. right? I had to fix that problem and I fixed it. But I, 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 so I know what the other side looks like. And I know how the focus is far more, gra- there's far more gratification with being super focused on something. And another one, I, okay, it, this sounds like a bunch of hobbies. I love history. Everyone knows I love history. Well, I listen to a lot of history through audio. So, you, you know, you should pursue hobbies that lead to other hobbies. And here's an example. My son told me about this, and, and I think it's, it's brilliant. He, he, he too likes woodworking. And he also likes uh, winter hiking. So he's decided to make snowshoes. So he's pursuing a hobby that leads to another hobby. So snowshoes that you're making are made out of wood. So you can see the connection there. He also likes uh, winter camping and, and winter hiking. So you can see the connection there. So pursue a hobby that leads to another hobby. You're kind of going deep on it from two angles. I love that. That's like, that's like, yeah, it's focus, uh, focus with it, like with a magnifying glass. The third benefit of having anything you want is quality over quantity. And, you know, I mentioned these specialty stores like Lee Valley Tools. Uh, they, they, all they sell is high-end stuff. That's it. Just there's, there's, no, there's no bargain uh, hand planes there or chisels. Like you, you're buying top of the line or nothing, right? And it seems expensive on the surface. You buy it once, you got it for life. So when you're focused and you're choosing anything you want over everything you want, you can afford to pursue quality. Now I mentioned my bike. I have a, a pretty decent mountain bike. If I had a mountain bike and a carbon fiber road bike, well, I guarantee you, I, I, I don't think I want to invest twice as much money into cycling because I, I, can, I can only ride one bike at a time. I probably would have split the money between those two. So I, I would have had two bikes at half the quality instead of one bike at twice the quality. I love that example because anyone who else who does bike, I mean, having uh, the amount of money that you put into a bike generally, sometimes, usually, um, improves the experience biking just because it, everything shifts better, everything works better. Well, here's better. the thing with, with bikes is is it when you spend more money, you, the, the, the biggest thing you're getting is a lighter bike. And every hill you climb, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're thinking about every ounce of weight on this bike like whenever i'm pedaling up a really steep hill on my mountain bike i look at my water bottle in the water bottle holder and i think i can't believe how much water is in that bottle (laughs) you know this hill is so steep and there's so much water in that bottle this is what's making it hard so getting a bike a high quality bike the the most thing you're paying for is weight and having a bike that's lighter you can ride further you can ride faster it's just it, it makes the whole sport more enjoyable but if I wanted to road bike and mountain bike, I'd have to invest twice as much money in bikes. I'm probably not going to do that. Yeah, no, that's that's a really great example. And that, that applies to, I mean, I can't think of a hobby or an interest that doesn't apply to. And it, I just want to say, 
hobbies that lead to hobbies. So when I'm on my bike, guess what's in my ears? Audio. audio. All the time. I love riding my bike and listening to audio. Two in one. I love it. Um, the final benefit of having anything you want is time. And you know, this bicycle one's a great example. There's only so much. I mean, you have a job, you got a house you're looking after, you got a family. There's only more, so much time you can spend in the saddle of that bicycle. And so if, if you're, I go back to road biking, mountain biking, you only got so much time with golfing. Like you, you, you got to pick your thing, fishing, you know, if you own a bass boat, a sports car, a mountain bike, a road bike, golf clubs, you, you just, you will spend your time wishing you could do these things. And, and you, you, you see these people that you say, how you doing? Oh, I'm busy. And then they, they really are busy because there's a million things they want to do. They've got all these things on their list. Their to-do list is is like some people's to-be-read list of books. They, they, it just goes on forever. I love doing, I, I like getting to the end of a weekend and knowing, uh, For I used to go back to the mountain biking. I did all the mountain biking I could physically do. My body's done. <laughs> I can't ride another, another kilometer on these legs. I love that, not wishing I could, I could have rode my bike. Yeah, and, it, and I mean, if you have that road bike and that mountain bike, I mean, you'd be you'd be wanting to do both. So that does bring us to the end of this list, but also the end of today's episode as well. We talked about um, just delve deep into you can have anything you want, just not everything you want. With our our two lists, the problem with having everything you want and the benefits of having anything you want. Thank you so much for being here with us for this episode of Simple Money Speaking Podcast. We can't wait to have you back here with us for a brand new show. Until then, keep it simple.